0: Hey, this is Johnny De Silvera, creator of Pred Fan Reaction videos after every Preds game, and you are listening to Outside Smashville with Sam Fleming.
1: Coming home again. Do
0: you
1: think
0: Biggest Predators fan North of the border that I know Johnny, thank you for leading us in And again, you can follow him on Twitter At CanuckForLiberty He does some great Predators fan reactions And it's always a fun watch He's always got some funny takes on the game But, ladies and gentlemen Boys and girls, the holidays are here We're back Outside Smashville Episode 4 After a week off It's great to be back Sam Fleming here with you, the host of Outside Smashville but I couldn't just come back with any ordinary podcast. I had to bring some friends in. So the co-hosts of Slapshot 615 and do so many good things for Penalty Box Radio are here. Jack Woods and Danielle Danena. Thank you for coming on.
2: Thanks for having us. Glad to be here.
0: So we got plenty to talk about. I think this episode may have changed tracks so much since we started talking <laughs> about it with all the hockey news, which we're gonna try to touch on.
2: But um it's been quite the week in the NHL hasn't it been yes it has, I uh, say it has yeah. yeah so many firings so many well not so many but one big trade finally Taylor Hall moved somewhere else got out of New Jersey
0: yeah so the first thing I want to talk about we're all excited the winter classic is coming up here in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl I think all three of us are going yeah, yeah. and so that's gonna be a blast but We already have looked and heard about 2021, possibly, the Winter Classic. And I almost want to add the uh, Price is Right fail horn or something (laughs) right now to the NHL because there's been two rumored games. The Boston Bruins and the Pittsburgh Penguins have been rumored. But then the one I've heard the most traction is the Minnesota Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks. And I feel like we're beating the same drum over and over again here with the NHL and the Winter Classic. Such a great game. I get it's about the history of the NHL, but when
2: do you have to stop at some point? Right, right. Danielle. Uh, I got to say, seeing the Penguins and Bruins really made my heart hurt. Oh, me too. Because we've just seen that matchup so many times. Obviously, you knew Chicago had to be in it somehow. Exactly. Whatever, but I don't know. What's your ideal matchup?
1: That's such a good question. Personally, I love to watch the Caps. They're a great team to watch, and I feel like they would do really well in an outdoor game. I mean, they've played in a lot of them before, so that's kind of on that same wave of repetition there. But a few other teams, I don't know, one matchup? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm stumped
2: by that one. I like Rangers, okay. Rangers, and Devils. Okay. Brings back the 90s rivalry. Brings now that Capo Caco and Jack Hughes are well, uh, well attuned into the league, scoring goals and getting points. I think that that would be a great matchup, especially in year two for those guys.
0: You know, I, I've thought about it, and I get we're talking rivalries, and the Rangers and the uh, and the Devils actually played in the stadium series. I think you remember that when they came back around and they did all those stadium series <laughs> games in one year, which to the point it was just over the limit a little bit. Yeah. I like outdoor games. I love the Heritage Classic when it's all Canadian teams. I liked when they did that Centennial Classic with the Leafs and the, the Red Wings, which ended up being a great game. But I'm ready to see some more modern matchups, and the one that I have talked about, the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I like.
1: That would be incredible.
0: I like
2: Edmonton in that.
0: Now, see, Edmonton would have to probably host because I'm not sure ice in Tampa Bay, even during the winter, <laughs> even during the winter, would be good. But Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point, Drysital, Nugent, Hopkins, McDavid. That's a star-studded winter classic that would bring, I'd say, the more modern fan into the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one.
2: Yeah. I I especially like the – I I like seeing McDavid in that matchup, mainly because, I mean, he just sets the ice on fire every single night. Uh, I've been wondering when the Edmonton Oilers are going to cool off, but it seems that Dreisaitl and McDavid are on uh, the quest to get – Wayne Gretzky numbers this year.
1: And another one, looking into the future, now that Arizona has Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel and they've been going up, what about Arizona and Colorado?
2: Oh, wow.
1: I I take (laughs) that, too. (laughs) (laughs) too. Yeah, (laughs) I take that, too.
0: (laughs) I could see that as a stadium series at the least. Yeah, definitely. But there's always been this thought, what about Arizona and Winnipeg? You know, because of the history of the Jets being moved to Arizona – And then Winnipeg getting a new team from the Thrashers. But that would be – I think they can do so much with the Winter Classic. You talk about the heritage of the game, and I think that's what the Heritage Classic's for. And, I mean, they could make it like an original six matchup every year. And I think Minnesota, that's okay. They haven't been in many outdoor games. And we've seen them with the North Stars. They've been called the State of Hockey in the past. But I just don't know if you put the Blackhawks in there, when are NHL fans going to get tired? I think right now is the answer. I'm
1: pretty sure 80% of fans are tired right now. (laughs) (laughs) Every year you see them in something big like that, and it's just everyone's burnt out.
2: They're mulching over the same material, right? They just want to get the Kane and Taves matchup of the the early 2010s of uh, the Stanley Cup runs, you know? Have we even possibly
0: thrown the Buffalo Sabres getting another one after even though they played the Rangers at MetLife? I possibly mean, playing the Devils and Jack Hughes or doing McDavid versus Eichel in a Winter Classic?
2: It's it's the Sabres, Sam. Nobody's going to be interested in the Nobody Sabres except go, no. Buffalo fans. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Unless, though, the Sabres have been doing pretty well this year, though.
2: <laughs> well, isn't that the tale of Buffalo? They start off great. It's like the, well, like the Price is Right. They're straight down.
0: They start the tank for a top-round pick, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, the Eastern Conference, too, this year has been ridiculous with teams already being at 40 and 50 points right now. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins, who every year it seems that like they have a cup-contending team, even without Phil Kessel, with, with Crosby and with Matt Murray it looked to appear that he was going to have a rebound year, and then suddenly it's just a good team like Pittsburgh is kind of middle of the road this year. Okay, I know this is
0: outside Smashville. Last thing about the Winter Classic before we transition into our next segment. Um, Nashville getting in it this year against Dallas. When could you see the city of Nashville hosting a Winter Classic? Whenever we solve global
2: warming. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. I mean –
1: If the league looked back at 2017 during the finals when Nashville streets were flooded, I'm sure that if they were to bring a Winter Classic to Nashville, it would sell out just as quick as Dallas did. It's just a matter of where, when, and how, and who would they bring to play
2: Nashville. Right, because it feels like the majority of fans going to the Winter Classic are indeed Preds fans. Yeah.
0: What about Nashville versus Vegas and Nashville bring the Golden Knights into a game?
2: Wow. That's a good
1: one. That'd be a
0: fun matchup to
2: see. I'd love to
1: go to that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think that's enough of that uh, Winter Classic talk. But again, hopefully it's not Blackhawks and, and Wild. I wouldn't mind seeing the Wild play one of the three other mentioned teams, but I just think seeing these matchups over and over again kind of wears it out and wears out the the thrill of the classic right all right so in segment two we're gonna get to know jack danielle and i a little bit better we're gonna do get to know you hockey style we'll come back here on outside smashville episode four
1: Melikaliki Maka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Welcome back
0: into in Outside Smashville, episode four. Here for segment Christmas two, day. led in by Meli Maka. Got to get a little Christmas music going in there. Oh, heck yeah! <laughs> okay, it's now time that we know Jack, Danielle, and I a little bit better hockey style and i mentioned <laughs> i mentioned that we were going to have some hockey related questions here so let's get it started out guys favorite team besides the national predators in the nhl
2: daniel
1: I'm tied between the Colorado Avalanche, which I'm going to get absolutely absolutely roasted for. (laughs) Wow, can I talk? I can't talk. But them and the Washington Capitals are my two tops besides Nashville.
2: Oh, okay. Just because of the storm surges, I love the Carolina Hurricanes, and I think that the way that they play, even though the general manager likes to nickel and dime players, I love the Carolina Hurricanes.
0: I'm going to give two like Danielle did. I've got to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously. Hmm. I've gotten to see them a couple times in Tampa Bay, and that's one of the coolest experiences you'll ever have. And then I was kind of on the train before Hall because I went to a game this year. I kind of like the Coyotes a little bit. Just those Kachina jerseys, oh, (laughs) those are slick. Um, Next one I've got
2: here. Who was your favorite hockey idol growing up? Oh, man. You know, I remember going and sitting, back when Preds games were cheap, and I mean like dirt cheap, sitting on the ice and watching Jordan Tutu. Oh, my gosh. He inspired me because he was little, but he didn't care who you were. He was going to hit you if you hit him. He was going to fight, drop gloves. It didn't matter if the guy was 6'7 or 5'7 like him. He was going after you. I love Jordan Tutu.
1: This is going to surprise a lot of people, but I did not get into hockey until three or four years ago, so I never grew up around the sport, but the one player who drew me into the sport was Roman Yossi, 14-year-old me, (laughs) big crush, but... Roman Yossi is the one who drew me into the sport, and since then he's always been one of the top players that I've looked up to in a way and really admired for their
2: work. Well, I mean, he was the key component in that run, he right? Was. Because he scored the first goal in Bridgestone Arena in the Stanley Cup. I will never – I always get goosebumps to this day.
1: I do too.
0: And you never forget, if it wasn't for Ryan Souter leaving, would Roman Yossi have been as good a player as he is right now?
2: I love Ryan Suter because he brought us Ro- – <laughs> because he brought the Predators Roman Yossi.
0: Okay, I'm going to go with one that might shock some people because I follow Nashville a lot, but I mentioned I followed Tampa Bay. I was always a huge Vinny LeCavalier fan. (laughs) Oh, that's that's a trivia name, isn't it? Yeah, Vincent LeCavalier was definitely somebody when you watched him play back in that day, and even as he got older, he still was a great player for Tampa Bay. And I think he's really the reason that guys like Stamkos came around to be the player that he is today. Yeah. And then there's Marty St. Louis, too, was one of those guys who's small. Nobody thought he'd make it in the league. Mm-hmm. And he became an instant sensation down in Tampa Bay. So, but I'm going to go Vinny Leno Okay. I
2: bet he makes a great Italian dishes with that kind of name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always down for some spaghetti. Wish a
0: spaghetti <laughs> for the from Canadian Italian. Canadian Italian. Okay. This is another one I'm interested. In. So we're all in the sports reporting business here with Penalty Box Radio. Shout out to Justin Bradford. We always got to give the man some love. My man. If you had a dream job in the NHL, but it wasn't with the Predators, what would your dream job be and with what team? <sighs>
1: My dream job is to be a rinkside reporter for any NHL team. When I think down to specifically which teams I'd like to be a part of, I've, I don't, that's, that's stumping me again, Sam. You're killing me with these questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> yeah, you're killing me.
2: You know, in all honesty, it, this is sort of, I would have to bring somebody along. So, my dream job in the NHL would be to be a color commentator with Peyton Turnage with the New York Islanders. I think that that is such a great team to cover, not to mention it's, you know, they look like the Mets, and I'm a huge New York Mets fan, so it's like, i got to bring Peyton along so he can do the heavy lifting, and then I'll just comment on what he's saying. Gotta love
0: Peyton. Play-by-play Peyton, as he calls himself. (laughs) He actually asked us a question coming up here, which will be interesting. I can't wait. Um... You know, I, I'm like Daniel. It's hard to really pick a specific team because it'd be great to be a part of any of these NHL yeah. teams. Oh, of course. But, you know, I talked about Tampa Bay and Arizona. Those arenas would be so much fun to be a broadcaster or just a, a – a reporter, mm-hmm. do some previews and stuff for these teams, but I've been to Tampa Bay, I've gotten to shadow that team, and seeing what they do with guys like Dave Michigan is a radio broadcaster with a, a classic and Phil Esposito who helped find that team down in Tampa Bay. Um, they have so many great opportunities and the Lightning's a great team to work for, I would think.
1: And oh. another really unique place, if you wanted to be a reporter or anything like that, would probably be Vegas. I mean, think about how unique that arena is, and just the experience. Maybe not necessarily like living there and raising a family, <laughs> but that would be a really cool place to work for a couple
2: of years. By the way, we—I d- just got an update. The Craig Smith goal s- goal—it's it, it, it's, it's over. He just scored, <laughs> assisted by Nick Benino and Colton Sissons. Way Predators go, leading one <laughs> nothing right now.
0: We're recording this during the Islanders game. Maybe we shouldn't watch because they're doing well. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Everybody, we'll just... mute
1: your notification. <laughs> <Put> your notification. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hit you with another curveball. Oh, no. All right, there we go. Favorite alternate or throwback
2: jersey in the NHL right now. Frankly, remember those jersey the 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 blue sweaters, the predators rocked oh, a yeah. couple of years ago. Man, what I would give to have a Mike Fisher jersey, a, a blue Mike Fisher jersey with the A stitched on it, I just thought those were the coolest jerseys because another way that I stay in contact with the sport is I play NHL on, <laughs> on the Xbox. And NHL 15 had those alternate threads. And, oh, man, building the super team with the guys that they had, if they had Wayne Simmons and Mikhail Glennon and Kyle Turris, that team last year in 2015, they would have been unstoppable. But, yeah, man, it's it's definitely the blue sweaters from uh, from that 2015 year.
1: I love Arizona's alternate jerseys. Yes. They are <laughs> insane. Yes. But one that's really slick that I like, aside from, like, the old-fashioned, super cool, super crazy, would be Buffalo's. I think that they're so slick and clean. I just I don't know what it is about them, but I love them.
2: There's one more jersey. And I don't know if you caught the article on Penalty Box Radio, but when the ECHL's Indie Fuel did Batman Night. <laughs> yes, those were great. And they gave the Cincinnati Cyclones Joker jerseys. Oh, what? <laughs> that's, I, iconic. that's It was so fun. It that, was so fun. That
0: is, uh, <laughs> Those were great. I remember joking with you, are the refs wearing Robin jerseys or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> I've I've got to say I agree with the Kachin- the Kachinas. Those are hard to beat. Extremely. I do like the all black and silver Tampa ones. But Oh I... yeah. Those are yeah. But I'm going to go with a team that's not even in the league anymore. You can't go wrong with the Quebec Nordiques jerseys. Those light blue with the red. Have you ever seen them? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> all at each other. <laughs> <should>. Of course. <laughs> But no, if I have to go modern, I've got to go with those two because they're my favorite teams. But if I have to go a team outside of them, those LA Kings ones back when Gretzky was playing that they're wearing this year with the old silver logo too, those Mm -hmm. are pretty cool. I think the alternate jerseys have just gotten better in the NHL. they do.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Unless they're the stadium series matchup ones, which Daniel has mentioned look like peewee jerseys.
1: I just I really question <laughs> Wow. Not to question anybody's job, but whoever designed them, can we just talk?
2: Don't mention words. We, Don't mention words. Can <laughs> we just talk,
1: please?
0: I, I mean I'm okay with the Kings one. The Avalanche, oh, I, I can't stand it. There, there's the Nordiques jersey. Oh, hey. oh that's wow. slick. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I said the Nordiques. Okay. The final one I've got is going to take a little more thinking. Oh, you, wow. You are a coach of a four-side team for a 3v3 tournament featuring NHL players. You get one winger, one center, one defenseman, one goalie. Here's the catch. None of the players can be on the same team. Build your dream team.
2: All right, I got it. All right. I got it. Um, I'm going with Nathan McKinnon for my winger. I'm going to go Connor McDavid for my center. I'm going with Roman Yossi as my defenseman and Andre Vasileski. As my goaltender. You can use the same players as he did if you want to. Well,
1: considering that you just said two of the four players, (laughs) I'm prepared for this. I'm going to go with Miko Rantanen. Ooh. McDavid. Okay. Roman Yossi and Marc-Andre Fleury.
2: Wow. Okay. Why Rantanen?
1: There's something about Miko Rantanen. I love how he plays.
0: Fair enough. All right. My winger is Nikita Kucherov. Of course. Of course. Of (laughs) course. (laughs) Of course. Down the middle. Oh, this is where it's tough. (laughs) Because you can't pick two of the same team. Um, I'm going to go Jack Eichel down the middle.
2: Wow. That's a – yeah, that's a really good pick. Now,
0: defense, I'm going to shock you even more because I think we're going to make it an avalanche theme. I'm going Kale McCarr on defense. Huh. And then – I support that. Then between the pipes – I know he plays on the Ducks, but John Gibson.
2: And that, no, hey, hands down. I respect that's, that <laughs> 100%. That, if John Gibson was in a different market, if he was not on the Anaheim Ducks, he would be, he would be a Vesna winner every single year.
0: Hey, Nashville, David Poyle, want to make a trade? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would take Gibson in a Preds jersey. But Kale McCarr, I've gone on record to say I think is the best prospect of the latter half of this decade. That guy is so gifted. Hobie Baker, winner at UMass. UMass! Yeah. And he's taken over the league.
2: Yeah, I got a confession. Well, I mean, if you, if you listen to it. But I referred to Kale McCarr as Cole Macker. Like, <laughs> through at least 30 minutes of puck talk one time. And then eventually, uh, my partner Ben was like, you know, that's an A, not an O, right? And I was like, oh, so it's Kale. So it's Kale Macker." No, he goes, no, it's Kale McCarr. It's like, well, I can't take those 30 minutes back.
1: I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I, I
2: don't either. You and I are looking at each other like, where my did My brain
1: he... cells? You see that window, Jack? I, it was
0: probably a long <laughs> night before.
2: It was a long night before.
0: I, I have to respect both of your teams, though. Mm. I do agree. Roman Yossi, that would have been my other pick. Yeah. I was just trying to go off the wall. But I think McCarr is going to develop. Yossi's a guy that can make so much good on the offensive side and the defensive mm-hmm. side, no question. Yeah. Well, that was fun. That uh, was, that was fun. fun. <laughs> so, when we come back, we're going to answer you, the fans, questions, and we're going to do some quick uh, quick takes on uh, Peter DeBoer being fired, and we're also going to talk about Taylor Hall and the implications of that in the Western Conference yeah. with the Arizona Coyotes. You're listening to Outside Smashville. One day
1: my father, he told me, son, don't let it slip away. a
0: Sometimes I heard him say you give? After a couple laughs, we're, we're back here. <laughs> we transitioned in from... Impersonating hockey players. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: exposed.
0: Welcome to Outside Smashville, Episode 4, again, Segment 3, joined by Jack Woods and Danielle Danina, co-hosts of Slapshot 615. By, by the way, you two, when's the next episode coming out?
2: We are recording when Danielle gets out of exams. She yep. is stressed out of her mind, and I just got back, and I'm enjoying uh, my leisure as it will, so I'm going to let her finally get uh, back into hockey mode instead of exam mode. Yep. Hashtag free Danielle, am I right? Yes.
1: Hashtag I'm dying. Hashtag send me food. Hashtag
2: <laughs> help. Aren't you sponsored by Red Bull, buddy? Where? I am not sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me let me explain something to you real quick before we get into this whole question segment. You drink six Red Bulls instead of water and suddenly you get a nickname. I'm tired of it. I'm talking to you, Michael Gallagher, and I'm also talking to you, Peyton Turnage. I've had enough. I've, sur- I've just had enough, all right? I'm not all about Red Bull, and the next day I was fine. Unbelievable!
1: How many did you drink before that
2: little
1: rant? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome
2: to rant
0: season on Outside Smashville. Sponsored by Penalty Box Radio. And Red Bull, apparently. And Red Bull.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so let's calm down. Let's get off the Red Bull rants. Time for some questions. And speaking of Peyton Turnage, he's the first question here he has for you, us. Peyton. Um, but he has a really good one, I think. By the way, play-by-play announcer for UAH NCAA Division One hockey. Make sure to tune in from him for Penalty Box Radio broadcast. But he asks, all three of you, what was your first Preds game, and what kind of impression did it make on you?
1: I went to games when I was little that I don't remember, but my first game where I was I fell in love with the sport was Game 4, 2017, Chicago Blackhawks. That was the first game I went to. Roman Yossi scored two goals. I was way high in the nosebleeds, but I fell in love so quick with the sport. That was the most incredible experience of my life.
2: So this one's a little bit of a story. Um, like I said, my dad was able to win tickets in his work raffle for ice seats uh when the predators played some team Uh, i'm i'm not even sure i don't even remember what team it was atlanta thrashers (laughs) probably the atlanta no no um (laughs) so we get there and we're sitting on the ice and jordan tutu Uh, notices me in warm-ups and taps on the glass with his stick and you know whenever he would come down to where uh, they took the face-offs he would always give me a wink and a nod and then he fought somebody and that was so much fun to see and he went to the penalty box and he's you know just throwing up his hands really riling up the crowd but what was special about that night was that the swimsuit calendar for the ice girls came out (laughs) So, oh so nine year old Jack Woods is just begging his dad, can I please get a swimsuit calendar from the Nashville Predators Ice Girls? And he said yes. <laughs> so, the Predators won, and also Shea Weber, remember him? You know, oh, yeah. athlete Shea Weber, who's doing wraparound goals apparently, um, cross checks somebody into the bench. When the door was opening, so, it, so the corner just went directly into the other guy's stomach, and he left and didn't come back, and I thought, that's awesome. And the Preds won, and I got the calendar, and I asked my dad, can we go get autographs?
1: And he's never been the same since. I've before. never been
2: the same since. And there was a line of all the ice girls and they all wrote to Jack, you know, Love Alyssa, love Cynthia, all the ice girl names.
1: Love Karen.
2: Yeah, love Karen with the hearts and the it, it was that's what changed the game of hockey for me, Sam. This podcast just almost went the PG thirteen. Outside
1: stuff at night.
0: <laughs> After dark. <laughs> um
2: How are you, man?
0: Okay, that's hard to top. Um, For me, you know, I started going a lot when I was little. I don't remember a lot of games, but 2002, 2003, even 2004, I started going to more. But the one thing I remember, and this is what led me to play hockey so far for 17 years now, I will never forget the first-ever Stanley Cup playoff series the Predators played against the Detroit Red Wings. Mm. In 2004, when they still had guys like Mark Eaton on the team, if anybody (laughs) remembers (laughs) names like that, or Adam Hall. But I just remember going to that as a kid, remember hearing the chants in the crowd, my parents saying, I hope you never say that in the stands. (laughs) And... Cell 303 was rocking when it was first, and it's hard to believe, too, Justin was a part of 303. <laughs> such a calm soul he is. <laughs> wow. Um, love you, Justin. Love uh, you, man. That's Three, such a throwback. God, yeah, that is. Um, but... I just remember that series and then to see how it's gone. The All Star game coming in 2016. I got to go to that and all the players coming around. The Stanley Cup final run, seeing Broadway packed when CMAs were down there. That, that to me has just transitioned hockey in this area and now a winter classic that mm-hmm. they get to go to. But I always remember that 03, 04 playoff series, but the Preds were really the reason I got into hockey. And, all the games I went to just grew it, and I'll never forget going to see Steve Sullivan's hat trick
2: the day he got traded into Nashville against the Sharks.
1: Okay, okay. I'm one, jealous of that one.
2: One quick way, It's just like now that the Predators sort of introduced all of us to the sport, Have has that love for the sport just – because it, it doesn't stay in Nashville. It grows, right? Oh, yeah. Because when I was traveling,
0: I'd play in Chicago, play in St. Louis, and you just see where we were in terms of hockey right now. All those teams have been at it for almost three decades at the at the least, you know, if not more. Chicago's been around it since the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. It just it grows to a love, and that's where I got the desire to be a Tampa fan and then go see other teams. Like I've been to Columbus, I've been to Dallas, I've been to Arizona. It just you want to go see more hockey games even if your team's not
2: playing. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's a love for the sport. I mean, it starts as a love for a team. Everybody finds that one team when they get into any sport, football, basketball, hockey, whatever, and they grip to that one team. And then the deeper that they fall – into that sport and that team, it becomes a love for the sport, not just a love for the guys in gold.
0: Yeah. And, Danielle, I've got to say, too, we were part of that country classic over here not too long ago, right. and you see the love of the game there, and that was awesome. It yeah. was
1: absolutely insane. I'm still not over it, Sam. <laughs> I'm still not over
0: I, I it. wish Jack could have experienced that with
2: us. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the key talking points uh, when I brought you all on puck talk because it was such a cool experience and watching uh the passion from the fans mo- mm-hmm. first and foremost the fans traveling all the way down from wisconsin to nashville to cheer on their to cheer on their team and you know it, it i loved seeing all the coverage and you guys did a fantastic job with that
0: speaking speaking of puck talk congrats on being dj of the year by the way thank out there you. At DePaul. thank you
2: very much thank you very much it was uh the the show's ratings kind of tanked after we bought uh john jensen on but you you all brought him right back up so i really appreciate that hey
1: john i respect you because you bought us chicken you. <laughs>
2: okay my next
0: question my good friend who's asked one on almost every outside smashville mr al puck and he's getting into a topic that grinds my gears nhl officiating he knows my weakness he says NHL officiating has been terrible so far this season. I don't think the speed of the game is the is the problem, more like the refs aren't working well with each other. Your thoughts. And I 100% agree that the refs have been so inconsistent in the NHL this season. But department of player safety has not been consistent either.
2: No, that's that, that that's the main point. I mean, Johansson gets a fine for a play that doesn't really look intentional. Last night, when Dante Fabro is just hammering a dude into the ice with his stick and his fist, and it's the refs just on the net, just sort of looking at it happen. And, you know, Ellis might get a hearing for the hit last night. And it's like, it it feels like there's nothing, there's nothing they won't call, and there's nothing they will call either.
1: And I hate to go back to that cross check on Victor Arvidsson that left him out for six weeks, but there has to be consistency. You can't find Ryan Johansson for something that yes, all right, this dude did take an elbow to the head, but it wasn't intentional. And you find Ryan Johansson for an unintentional elbow to the head. And then you have Victor Arvidson who is injured and no one knows what's wrong with him, but he could have been paralyzed. And there's hardly any punishment there. You have to be consistent with your calls and your fines. Player safety, it's not something to take lightly.
2: In terms of, in terms of uh, referees, though, I'm a baseball player, so I know all about terrible umpires. And if the, if the refs are just as terrible as they are in the NHL, as they are in baseball, there's just, that's just a kind of an aspect you have to accept. But like you said, Sam, the player safety, that's inexcusable.
0: Well, and I go back to the Johansson hit. That same game, Daniel Carr gets hit in the head by Cernak who was suspended for two games for hitting Dalene up high, did Cernak get anything? No, not at all. And Carr was – I think he was hurt.
1: I think he left the ice and came back Mm -hmm. a little while later.
0: But still, inexcusable. I think they've got to get it back on track. I think there was some Flyers guy that got suspended three games for some interference call last night. And I read the comments, and everybody was just blasting player safety
2: for it. Well, it it, it extends beyond – just the breads.
1: There have to be – if they're going to call to the extreme, that's 100% okay. But do it for every pit. Every pit. Wow, my hot take there just <laughs> immediately flew out the window. For every hit, for every call, it has to be consistent. Call to the extreme or take it lightly. But no matter what you do, if there's a player who is injured from a dirty hit or takes a hit to the head that's very intentional – You have to take action for that, or it will continue. You have to reset these standards for what's best for the players, not for the ratings, not for the refs, what's best for the safety of the guys on the ice.
2: And not to mention, it's like the excuse for Bertuzzo's uh, suspension was, oh, well, I mean, we haven't handed out big suspensions for hits like that before. And it's like, well, maybe that's the problem.
1: Especially since Bertuzzo is a repeat offender.
2: If you make an example of a repeated offender, He's not just going to think, oh, great, I get to go home and spend a week with my family, and then I get to go get paid again. That's ridiculous.
0: I agree with all those comments, and thank you for your questions using hashtag smashful. So I want to get into some quick hits before we wrap up. The big one, Taylor Hall traded to the Arizona Coyotes. Johnny DeSalvere said, at least it wasn't the Colorado Avalanche. That's, exactly, That's exactly right. That's
2: exactly that right. Going through
0: my head. <laughs> but... I'm still scared that he's in the Western Conference with a team in the Arizona Coyotes, Phil Kessel, Clayton Keller, Derek Stefan, Nick Schmaltz, Carl Soderberg, Chikrin, Ekman Larson, Kemper, and Ranta, who are fantastic goalies. I'm telling you, the Coyotes might be a legit threat for the Cup, and I never thought I'd say that.
1: I never thought I would hear that or say it, but – Looking at where they are in the standings right now and looking, I'm not going to bring up St. Louis winning the Cup last year because no one wants to hear it, but there's more potential in Arizona right now to pull that sort of season than I think any other team in the league. And now that they have Taylor Hall, they're absolutely set.
2: Well, you look at Phil Kessel and he's not having a great year. I mean, he's not having he's not having like a Pittsburgh Penguin type year. He's not going to put up 82 points this year. He's sitting at eight. He's sitting at 19 points, which is respectable. But that's not what Phil Kessel can do on a, on a very larger scale. Because you saw his performances in in the Cup runs and with the Penguins in the regular season. He's not performing to his best of ability, and they're still top of the Pacific Division right now with 42 points.
0: And, you know, I talked about that. I went to see him play the uh, Blue Jackets in November, and I watched Kessel. He seems to fit well there. The guy guy I love to watch is Clayton Keller. Clayton Mm -hmm. Keller is so dynamic with that team. I was surprised when he didn't get the rookie of the year, but I think Jacob Chikorin's been a good surprise on defense because Ekman Larson hadn't put up the numbers we're used to seeing. But their goalies are strong too.
2: Kemper's been a legit number one. Yeah, and sort of going back to your point about the Eastern Conference being loaded. So the Arizona Coyotes, which Taylor Hall is now joining, they lead the Pacific Division with 42 points. And Pittsburgh sits in the first wild card spot with 42 points. So it's like it's unbelievable – Now that Taylor Hall's with that Coyotes team, where they're going to go. Because Taylor Hall was producing with a bad team.
1: The thing about Arizona is they might not have a Connor McDavid or someone who can go out and pull 40-goal seasons. But people like Clayton Keller and Schmaltz and Dvorak, they're creative. They set up plays. They're all dominating with assists. I mean, Clayton Keller has 16 assists. Schmaltz has 17 they're able to create plays that can be capitalized on, and now that their defense is going to be extremely strong, there's not going to be a lot of ways to stop that offense.
0: And plus, Jack, I don't know. I think you might be going to the 23rd. Yeah. Taylor Hall comes to town to, to play the Predators. Yeah. So that that'll be a fun matchup to watch.
2: Taylor Hall already leads the Coyotes with 25 points. <laughs> He already leads the He hasn't even
0: played a game. He already leads it. Okay, the next topic and the last topic I want to talk about before I do want to get into something that you guys are welcome to jump in on. Peter DeBoer fired from the San Jose Sharks. It's your
2: fault, Justin. for those who don't know the story jack please fill us in here so apparently justin had just got done filming his uh recap for the predators san jose when the predators of course defeated san jose at home and he's riding the elevator and for some reason the sharks coaches are riding the public elevator which you don't see too often and peter DeBoer was not with that group and justin just help them figure out when they allegedly said they wanted to go for a walk.
1: <laughs> Which,
2: it's your fault, Justin. It's 100% your fault.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, he gets fired after they play the Preds. Yeah. By the way, we did an excellent job on the wing with our preview there of the game.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. We're I've, I've got to
0: ask you to start with you, Danielle
1: gosh. There we go. Where
0: do you think Peter DeBoer can end up in the NHL if he gets another job? Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ooh. That's – I don't think another team will pick him up. And I need to do more research before I answer that question confidently because I don't know which team specifically are looking for a coach who coaches like he coached. But that's a really iffy one right there. I don't know if anyone's willing to take on someone. when we don't know why he got fired. We don't know if it was something internal, if there was a scandal or anything, but I just need to know the full details before I say he's going to go to Nashville, he's going to go to Vegas, he's going to go wherever.
2: Well, now that all these stories about Babcock are coming out and his suspected arrival with the new expansion team, I think now Peter DeBoer has a legitimate chance to coach that Seattle team. And... What is it even called? Do I, we know the mascot yet? I, I
0: want it to be the Seattle Thunderbirds. Just rebrand the WHL team because I don't like the Seattle Totems. Like, where did that even come from? <laughs> I don't know what kind of
1: mascot you could have for a totem.
0: You just have a big totem pole roll <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being the guy wearing the pole costume. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, but gosh. I do agree with that, Jack. If he lands anywhere, I think the best probability of him getting another coaching job would be in
2: Seattle. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, you're fine. That's all I really had to say.
2: I mean, he should have had so much more success in San Jose. I think uh, Martin Jones was his Achilles heel. If Martin Jones had just been a little bit more consistent, everybody should hate Martin Jones because he's an NHL goaltender, and that's about all you can say. But he should have had so much more success there. And now that he doesn't, maybe if that Seattle team can pick up a good goaltender, then I think Peter DeBoer might be able to put together a team that's at least a, a, a contender. Mediocre. A contender.
1: Mediocre at best.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, I like Seattle, and I also like potentially New Jersey. Ooh. Oh, wow. uh, because I think, you know, who knows if Subban's still going to be there. I personally think they're going to ship him off before the deadline because $9 million, with the way he's playing has not been good. But with Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer still there, he's got some talent to build around exactly. and can bring in some teams. So I agree with Seattle. I'm going to throw New Jersey into the mix as well.
2: All right.
0: A couple things I want to touch on, um, just some well wishes and some shout-outs. Uh, first off, from the Niagara Ice Dogs, the goaltender, Tucker Tynan, mm-hmm. who suffered that gruesome injury. Good news, he's been discharged from the hospital. He's on the road to recovery. It was great to see the hockey community not only rally around him but Oscar Lindblom as Mm -hmm. well from the Philadelphia Flyers and just want to send our thoughts to Oscar a rare form of bone cancer that you don't see that often. But the way the hockey community has come around those two the past couple of days has been fantastic. Yeah. It's a
1: family, 100%. It's a family despite the rivalries and the fights, whatever it is at the end of the day, there's one fight that needs to be fought right now. And that's the fight against cancer. And that's the fight to unite. And that's exactly what the community has done.
2: Yeah. Uh, you said it better than I could have ever said it. So, <laughs> well, that was a fun episode. That, that was, was so much fun, <laughs> and I'm so
0: I'm so glad that I got to get you two on again. Slapshot six one five with Jack and Danielle. A great podcast about the Predators and all things NHL. Throw your Twitter names out there so the people can follow you.
2: All right, Danielle, you mine first. is
1: Danielle Dineen. One D A N I E L L E. Last name D I N E N N. One. Nobody says my last name right. Sam, you said it. Credits. Growing up I heard Danina, Danina, everything but Danetta. So I'm giving you another buttons there.
2: I think that's the loudest Danielle's talked on this podcast. Um, so my Twitter <laughs> So my so my Twitter handle is at Jack underscore Woods fifteen. If you don't know how to spell Jack and Woods, um, maybe you shouldn't be on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, and again thank you guys
0: for coming on. It was great to talk hockey. Definitely gonna have you two back in the future. Okay, one quick thing. What are you most excited about Dallas before we sign off here to go to the winter classic?
1: Obviously I'm excited for the game, but I'm excited for the food. Steaks. (laughs) Just amazing food. I'm so excited.
2: This Oh good. Excuse me. All the air. (laughs) <laughs> this will be my first NHL game out of state, so well. so I'm just excited to just go and experience hockey in a different professional stadium, and I'm excited to join the Penalty Box radio crew for New Year's. It's going to be a fantastic time, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Penalty Box Radio is going to have a great
0: group going down there. It's going to be exciting. Again, thank you for tuning in to Episode 4 of Outside Smashville. Jack Woods, Danielle Danena from SlapShot615 and Penalty Box Radio. You can follow us on all of our pages at Penalty Box Radio, and you can check out our website. Some great articles and some great post-game interviews from these two that you'll see up there as well. Episode 5 next week, I'm actually going to talk about my trip to Dallas so get uh, get ready for that as I got to see the Stars play the Avalanche last year. Going to get you set for that matchup. But this is all for Episode 4. Have a great holidays, and thanks for tuning in to Outside Smashville, and stay frosty.